Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Well, my next guest is Paul Dearlove. Who is he? He's the Deputy Director of Clean Lakes Alliance. Well, what is Clean Lakes Alliance? Well, in a recent survey, Minnesota's Deer Lake landed on the, f- the list of the top 10 cleanest lakes in the country. Can you believe that? But what constitutes a clean lake? That's the big question, right? And are we seeing less of them over time? So we reached out to the Clean Lakes Alliance, an organization dedicated to improving the water quality of southern Wisconsin's Yahara River watershed. Deputy Director Paul Dearlove joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline for a conversation. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Glad to be here. Oh, so glad to have you tonight. You know, a lot of people are sitting here right now thinking, what? What is this again? And, and is this an important job to have? Yes, it is. Can you tell us all about um, clean, having the cleanest lake in the country? That's quite remarkable for Wisconsin, for anyone. Well, I, it's my understanding that Deer Lake is uh, in Minnesota, correct? Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, you are correct. <laughs> Yeah, I did well, say that well, earlier. Congratulations I apologize. To the state of state of Minnesota for for uh, uh, having that national recognition for, right. for Deer Lake. How difficult is it to have that uh, recognition for any state? Well, it's it's interesting because it, it, you know it, it, it's all on how you define clean uh, when you're when you're talking about lakes. So uh, I work for an organization called the Clean Lakes Alliance. We're based in Madison, Wisconsin, so your, your neighbor um, uh, to the east. Um, but, and, and we're really focused on a, a chain of lakes that we have in the greater Madison area. And when we think of clean, we're really thinking about an absence of pollution. Mm. So, you know, when you, when a lot of times you'll have situations where uh, people will confuse water clarity with cleanliness and, and, and clear water can be a really good indicator for, for uh, whether a water body is clean or not, but it's, it can be also a, a deceiving indicator. Um, you can have really clear water, but it might not necessarily be clean. And the opposite is true. You can have water that uh, may be stained brown, for instance. Uh, yes. um, sometimes like, uh, uh, water can get a stained appearance because of just natural tannins in, in the water, and some and people might think that that's an uh, uh, an unclean water body when actually it can be quite clean and safe to use. 
Mm. So tell me, what exactly do you do? How do you make this happen uh, as a deputy director? What what things do you have to to really notice or or go into to find these really important moments in a lake? I mean, I find it quite remarkable as I was reading about it. Well, one thing we do is we, um, we we really try to thoroughly understand the water body or water bodies that we're working with. So all lakes are different. Um, some lakes, depending on where they're located, uh, um, uh, you know, there, some, some lakes can be located in an area that has naturally fertile soils and, mm-hmm. and geology associated with those lakes. And then those lakes will usually be greener in appearance because they, they produce more algae and plants and so forth. Uh, whereas other lakes can be in sort of nutrient poor areas and those lakes will be clear uh, when you look at them. Um, now that's not to say that one way, one lake is cleaner than the other. They're just different. Um, they're responding differently depending on uh, where they're located and where their water sources are coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in your bio, it talks about how you are to empower citizen participation by creating opportunities for people to become more informed and involved as donors, advocates, and volunteers. How is that going? Because what has been accomplished here, we all want to learn more about it. Why is it that more lakes are not deemed um, clean or not not deemed um, as being some of the best? Even though we have this in Minnesota, we also know there are so many of us that don't know enough to really determine or try to call you and talk to you about it. So if you were to get a call uh, from Minnesota or any other place and they say, we think we have a clean lake and we want you to come see it, is that what you do? Oh. Uh, to, some, to some degree. So, yeah, you're right that we, we try to get everybody involved in the solutions to, to, to water quality health. Uh, and what we like to let make sure people are aware of is that uh, lakes, uh, rivers, streams, you know, they, they're, they're reflections of their watershed. And when I, when I say watershed, I'm talking about the, the land area that drains surface water to that particular water body. So what we do on the land has a direct impact in relationship to what the quality of the water is like in these water bodies, because th- these lakes are, are at the lowest elevation point on the land. So they really act as these sort of like regional collection basins. They're receiving everything that might wash off the land and and run downhill and get into the lakes. So what we do is we try to encourage what's called uh, watershed stewardship. And that is just a simple way of saying that, you know, people are uh, aware of the impacts that they have in their own decision making and behaviors on their own own property. Um, so how they live, work, and play on the land is really important. Um, and what we try to try to do is encourage um, this sort of like building of soil health in, in, in the watershed. And when I say that, I mean the healthier the soil, then the, the, the healthier the lakes. If soil is, in, is, is uh, kept in place, it doesn't erode, it doesn't wash away, and it's healthy, it has, um, it's, you know, soil is a, a living organism, um, just like a lake, it's, it's, it's a living organism. It has microbes in there, um, a healthy soil does, and it recycles nutrients, um, it infiltrates water. So we want our soils to be these sort of like porous, absorbent uh, media that can accept rainfall 
filter that rain and clean it um, so it becomes clean groundwater or it doesn't like move the soil into the nearest water body. Mm. It's really quite remarkable um, and very interesting. I want to learn even more about this, Paul. Uh, I do know that, uh, or I wonder, if you find these clean lakes and then all of a sudden the next year it's not clean anymore, what do you do? Well, part of it is this, is communication. We, we, we need to make sure that there's also a, an awareness that, that water quality is, is always changing. And what we want to want to make sure is that people aren't um, necessarily distracted by by what happens from day to day or season to season or even like in a, over a short time period year to year. Um, you want to look at at, at uh, trends over time. So when we look at the cleanliness of our local lakes here, we look at mo- measures other than like clarity is an important one, but we look at other metrics as well. And we look at those, how they're changing over time and see if we can see any long-term trends or patterns in those, in those changes. How many people does it take to determine if it's clean or not? Is it just you? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a really kind of a, a complicated and multi-layered picture because, you know, it, it, it depends on how, what, what you're looking at. Um, so for us, we rely on, on uh, we're a small nonprofit. You know, we have a, a, a team of, of several individuals. Um, we heavily rely on one, our volunteer network of lake monitors. Um, so we have volunteers that we train and go out and, and take, take samples and make observations. And then also we rely on our partners. So whether it be uh, like a Department of Natural Resources or a local county land and water resources department, um, maybe the uh, U.S. Geological Survey. Uh, some of these partners collect data, some of them analyze data, and others implement projects to improve water quality. So we work with all these volunteers and these partners to uh, uh, paint that picture, uh, collect the necessary information to do the analysis to, to paint that picture of, of health uh, for our lakes. And to have a healthy lake is really important. I, I'm curious to know um, how how many times do you have to continue to work with the lakes, you know, to go in, to check them, to make sure that they are staying consistently clean, or is that impossible? No, it's, it's, it's a good question. You always have to start somewhere. So, uh, you know, before Clean Lakes Alliance got involved, we had very uh, limited um, monitoring that was occurring on our lakes. Um, there were, even though like where we're located, you know, Lake, Men- Lake Mendota is part of our chain and that's arguably one of the most studied lakes in the world because we have University of Wisconsin there and Center for Limnology. That's the study of lakes. Um, very well researched lake, but there wasn't a lot of like just sort of regular monitoring and there wasn't a lot of monitoring that then produced information that was immediately available to the public. So uh, one of the things we did when we uh, were founded was we, we started a process that pulled this, uh, collected this information and then served it up to the public uh, that, where they can get it, that information on beach conditions and clarity conditions and how the water is, um, you know, throughout the, throughout the summer season through, through mm-hmm. basically a, a, an app that has interactive maps and you can kind of find where you're located or what beach you're looking to go to and you can find out what the latest conditions are. 
Yeah, because, you know, I remember some of the lakes um, many, many years ago. You, they used to talk about it on the news and television about, okay, we have too many boats on the lake. You know, it's destroying things, and we, we need people to not, you know, use their boats as often. Uh, do you remember those days in certain parts of Minnesota and Wisconsin or wherever you are? Yeah, and that's a, it's a great point, uh, an issue that you raise. You know, I was talking earlier about um, lakes being mirrors of their, of their watershed and what's happening on the land. But a lot of um, uh, cleanliness uh, impacts, um, health impacts, are associated with the recreational use of, of, of the lakes. Um, so boat traffic can have a real significant effect on, on both clarity and overall health. Of, of a water body, in particular, uh, shallow lakes. Um, if you have, if you can imagine uh, a, a, a lake that's very crowded and has lots of high-powered speedboats racing and uh, across the lake in very shallow water, you know what's happening under that surface is very destructive. Um, you have a, a very turbulent prop wash from those those motors that's stirring up the lake bottom and that can cloud up the lakes and resuspend sediment and, and uh, cause again, uh, cleanliness issues. It really is remarkable what you do. How many of you are there? Well, there, there are um, lots of great groups that do this type of work. So, um, you know, we we're an, a, a regional regionally based nonprofit uh, focused on the lakes um, that are in the greater Madison area. Uh, but there are like, you know, different um, uh, like uh, governmental groups, um, whether it's a county land conservation department or a inland lake protection and rehabilitation district like we have here in Wisconsin, um, uh, or whether it's like, you know, a volunteer group. Like we have friends groups that are maybe maybe more neighborhood based. And they're focused maybe just on on one lake versus a chain of lakes like uh, Clean Lakes Alliance is focused on. So there are there are a number of of great groups, um, nonprofits, government, um, and and wonderful uh, private for uh, for profit partners that that we bring in that that uh, help us in different ways. Well, I, I think it's uh, amazing what you do, and I'm curious to know if young people are involved as well. Um, there used to be a time we would hear about young people going into some of the lakes or uh, at least some of the pools where they can um, um, find frogs and that sort of thing and take them out of the lakes. And I'm curious to know if you are finding young people to really stand by you and make sure that they know how important it is to have a clean lake. Yeah, it's it's a great question, and we're we're actually in the middle of strategic planning, actually in the tail end for, for our organization, and we recognize the importance of of youth and and you know when you get kids excited and interested and curious and exploring uh, nature and the environment and and water quality, then uh, they become your your best advocates later on, and they also help convince their parents. Um, of doing things like putting in rain gardens or planting native plants, um, you know, and just being good stewards. So, uh, you know, we've had different ways that we engage kids in the past. Um, sometimes we've, in the past, we've put on uh, uh, summer immersion camps with, with certain partners uh, to get uh, kids connected with the, with the water. 
and and doing a little education around around that experience like just getting them on paddle boats for instance is a great way to just start sort of spurring that uh sparking that curiosity and then the questions sort of drive the education so yeah paul dear love I'm so excited that I had to speak to you tonight. I'm going to be sharing this with some of my friends. I found it fascinating. And I do hope that you can join us again. I understand that the website, if people want more information, just go to cleanlakesalliance.org, correct? That's correct. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. You take care. And thank you for what you're doing. You're welcome. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 